1: Chicago Bulls get a win to finish out their West Coast trip against the Portland Trail Blazers. But there's some signs for concerns and some signs of goodness in this game. We're going to talk about all that. Plus, we're going to talk about the Bulls' development and where they've been getting it wrong with players like Julian Phillips. And lastly, Billy Donovan comments on his conversations with Zach Levine around these trade rumors or lack thereof. We're going to get to all that plus a little bit of mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. Well, what's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the hoster Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into this content for today. And the Chicago Bulls won a game against the Portland Trail Blazers 104-96. This is a game in which both teams could not shoot to save their damn lives. When you look at it, the Bulls 8 of 32 from three-point range. The Portland Trail Blazers 6 of 33 from three-point range. Neither team could hit threes to save their life, but the Bulls did a lot of things in this game to really help take advantage of it. You look at the turnovers, only four turnovers in this game, three of those coming from Kobe White alone. Again, not, not Kobe White did some really good things in this game, and that's not to crap on Kobe, but just to say, it was basically one player with most of our turnovers. And then, you know, we, we took care of the ball primarily, and that is where the Bulls usually find their success at, is when they're able to take care of the ball. It really does help the Bulls tremendously, and that's that's not anything exclusive to just the Bulls. It's really all teams, when they take care of the ball, you should be in a better place and position to win the game. And and that, that was one of the things in this game that you, you really did notice over the course was just how well they took care of the ball we did get out-rebounded. We got outworked on the boards. We lost that that battle by eight, but that's fine. Uh, we ended up winning on fast chance points. We had 52 points in the paint. And that brings me to one of my first biggest critiques of this game by the Bulls is that we did not take advantage of mismatches when we had small players switch on bigs at all. That was some of a mix of Vooch passing out of those situations. It was some of a mix of the guards not getting Vooch the ball kind of in the right position and then looking for him to do something. But both things were true, but Vooch still 6-14 on the night. Seven rebounds, three assists. Uh, he had, he had uh, two blocks as well, three block shots in that as well, with 14 points. Not the biggest scoring night, but again, we didn't have. There was one 20-point uh, scorer uh, for the Chicago Bulls overall in this game. So that was DeMar DeRozan. Everything else was spread out. When you look at the Portland Trailblazers, they had two players in uh, over 20 points with uh, Jeremy Grant and DeAndre Ayton you know, outside of that, you know, the Bulls really took care of business. DeMar led the way with 20 points in this game, going 8 of 14. He only took nine shots in the first three quarters. He took five shots in the last quarter, but that was because nobody else could hit a shot. And I've been seeing a lot of kind of comments on DeMar DeRozan and him taking over the game and, and quote-unquote breaking the offense. No, DeMar did what DeMar's there for, and that is when the Bulls can't get a bucket, DeMar's usually the guy who can find a way to get to a bucket. When you look at the fourth quarter specifically, Kobe White, 0 of 4. DeMar was four or five. Uh, Alex Caruso didn't take a shot in the fourth quarter. Ayodele Sumu was one of three in the fourth quarter. Julian Phillips was one of three in the fourth quarter. Nikola Fusevich was zero and two in the fourth quarter. Andre Drummond was two of five in the fourth. DeMar DeRozan was the only player in the fourth quarter that 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 was playing well. It just is what it is there, and you're gonna have games like that. And and, and this is not the game. There are absolutely some games where DeMar kind of breaks the offense, and uh, you know he's looking to take over, maybe even get his stats, and it it kind of hurts the Bulls. But this wasn't one of those games. This was one of the games where DeMar stepped up when we needed it the most and became, again, that calming factor, was able to be the one to get the bucket. He also chipped in seven rebounds, six assists, one steal. DeMar played a really solid game overall, and he deferred throughout most of this game. He didn't really take over the game or start playing selfishly or ball hog, as some people like to say. That really didn't come about until the final three, four to three minutes in the in the fourth quarter, and that's when we needed it the most. So to me, DeMar did what DeMar needed to do in a case like that. That's what you expect for him. He needed to take over that. But listen, it was Io Sumo that hit the game ceiling three-pointer that really put us in a position to win, well, that locked in us winning this game. So, you know, that overall, the team still played really well. We had some really good defensive moments, some really good moments of us getting out in transition. One of the biggest stories to come out this game, and a lot of people are going to talk about, is the play from Julian Phillips. Julian Phillips checked in and almost immediately made an impact. Now, yes, it's against the Portland Blazers, so we want to put that in perspective. But he played a really good overall game. Matter of fact, he talked to Casey Johnson after the game where he said this.
2: Julian, I talked to you before the game. You were told to be yourself. How do you think you did? I uh, thought I did pretty good. Yeah, we got the dub, so it's always good. How were you able to look so unfazed out there with playing so little as much as you have this season? Uh, just trusting the work. Yeah, put in.
1: dude! <laughs> yeah, dude. Just trusting the work uh, everything. And my teammates, they give me the confidence to, to do what I'm able to do. So just go out there and have fun.
2: What was it like watching DeMar DeRozan take over in the fourth quarter there? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. He's an
1: incredible talent. Uh,
0: Hell
1: yeah! Yeah. He, <laughs> He's an incredible talent, uh, so he does things like that all the time, but but it's
2: great to see. So. One of the reasons I requested doing this post-game interview with you is because I knew that kind of stuff was going to happen. So what What is that like to have your teammates kind of do this with you? Uh, it's fun. They, they're a bunch of
1: fun, funny dudes. They do that in the locker room, on, on the plane, on the bus all the time. So I'm, I'm used to it. Uh,
2: what can you take away from this experience personally with what you played tonight? Uh, just always stay ready. Uh, you know, you never know when your time comes, but just, just trust trust your work, trust God, and you know, always stay ready. Appreciate your time, Julian. Appreciate it.
1: And so, you know, talking about, like, that and Billy Donovan uh, a little bit, we'll play another clip from Billy Donovan here in a second where he talked about kind of what was asked for of him to come in this game and do, but Julian Phillips made an impact. 23 minutes played by Julian Phillips. He went 4 of 7 from the field, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, one block shot, that double-handed block shot as well, was monstrous. It was really nice to see. But the things that don't come out the stat sheet for you is the is the poise, the way that he cut at times, how he moved without the ball. And much like I said earlier with Nikola Vucevic, sometimes not recognizing when he has the smaller man on him, every time a guard was switched on to Julian Phillips, he attacked them. It, a lot of times it was Scoot Henderson that led to him getting to the free throw line four times in this game, only taking seven shots. That's really good. And, I, and not to say that you don't want to take too much away from this. It was a, a game against the Portland Trailblazers. But I do think while P. Will is down and while Torrey Craig is out, this is your opportunity to play Julian Phillips. Now, Billy Donovan talked a little bit about Julian's play. He was impressed with it. And he said this,
3: you know, I think for himself, and I don't mean this critically of him, but he plays in a very, very small box for himself. You know, he's a really good cutter. Um, he's really good athletically on the glass. Um, He does things he knows he can do. He's obviously a terrific athlete. I I, I think the thing that I've been most impressed with from uh, Summer League to now has been his ability to um, pick things up very quickly. He's got a very, very high IQ, you know, and he... Instinctively knows where to cut, like you do. You know, he just finds plays. Like that tip dunk. Like right. he had that one play. I think maybe towards the end of the half, he almost reverse layup. The end of the third quarter, almost made it. Like he just has a knack of like where to cut and do those things. And I give him a lot of credit because, you know, he'd been back and forth the G League, didn't get play necessarily a lot, and then he gets an opportunity tonight. And I thought he was a big, big boost for us, and and made a lot of really good, good, good positive plays. I thought our bench played well tonight.
1: And this has really led now a lot of Bulls fans, naturally and rightfully so, to talk more with, with with Julian Phillips' play, to talk more about the fact that the Bulls just, they don't play a lot of their young players. And, you know, you have Julian Phillips who's been playing a lot down in the G League this season. And anytime that player development conversation comes up, people are going are gonna to have it, right? And so, you know, Julian Phillips played really good in this game. And I do think, you know, uh, we, when we play the Toronto Raptors on Tuesday, he's earned a shot and a chance. To, to get those minutes again, because listen, Javon Carter hasn't been playing well. Patrick Williams is down. Torrey Craig is out. This is the time. And, you know, I know that we have that thought process that Billy Donovan doesn't play rookies. Now, you know, Patrick Williams played right away. Uh, I would played right away. Again, there were some injuries. Kobe White didn't start off that season, but he was given the chance. He thrived in that chance, and Billy Donovan kept going to him. And then you have the the Dalen Terrys, the Julian Phillips, the Marco Simonovic, who Marco's out of the league, so I'm not blaming too much on that one, right? Adama Sinogo, like the players that are young that when Bulls kind of need some size or or have players down with injury, we still don't go to. And I, I said it like this on the live stream, and I know this is, it explains it to a degree, like the 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 the, the, the theoreticness of it, right? But it doesn't necessarily excuse like the moments where we don't see Julian Phillips playing where we need some size, and Tory Craig and P. Will's out. But when, you're, when you go down to the G League, you're able to work on every aspect of your game, meaning that Julian Phillips is able to have the ball go through him. He's able to do some playmaking in the half court. He's able to take players off dribble to isolate a little bit more with his scoring range. He's able to shoot more threes and kind of get himself into a flow of the game. And when you have raw players, you kind of want them to be able to work on everything in their game. And when you come up to the NBA level, your skill is gonna, your 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 role is gonna be very specialized. So what we need Julian Phillips for during the stretch is gonna be energy, rebounding, some block shots, get out in transition where you can, and we'll get you some, hit the open shots that we get you right. And so that's a little bit more restrictive for development. But I think that the key the key thing is is that when opportunities like this present itself, so when you have your players down and you need some size, because we saw before Patrick Williams missed before we played Daylon Terry as the four, right? So it was good to see that Julian Phillips checked in this game with five minutes left in the first quarter. He played over 20 minutes, played played well in those 20 minutes. Now let's see if we can build off that, right? I'm looking at Billy Donovan and this player development staff to really see, all right, how do we reward a player who played well per what we needed him to do? How do we now reward that going forward into the rest of the season? And, you know, while this period's out, once Story Craig and P. Will are back healthy, Julian Phillips is probably not going to play a lot. And that's fine. That that's what you expect from a first year rookie. That was a second round pick. Yeah, the Bulls traded two seconds to get him, but it's not always just going to work out where that player is going to have a a a a role carved out for them right away. But I will say, Julian Phillips definitely turned some heads, and this made Bulls fans ask back about player development. And that is a key thing in this next phase for the Bulls. It just is for a team that you you see other first second year players playing impact roles for this for for their other teams. You don't always see that with the Bulls. Now, every situation is different, right? Those teams may be fighting for something different or they have a better infrastructure, but overall, player development has to be one of the focuses. You spent money on building out this player development staff led by Peter Patton, one of the most renowned shooting coaches in the world. So, you know, you want to see that, but we need to start giving the young players a little bit more chance, giving them an opportunity to earn the minutes, right? Don't want to just give them to them just by the nature of them being young pieces. But you want to give them opportunities to learn, to earn, learn through through failing at times. Right. Go through those ups and downs and that mistakes. The G League is a really good tool to develop players, Um, you know, specific roles for players or specific skills that you want out of players that they may not get to work on at the NBA level. But there's nothing like NBA minutes to really help the development of a play. experience, the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands,
1: and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. Player to see where you stand at amongst your peers. And so this is a really interesting opportunity for Julian Phillips to take advantage of, and maybe even the, the Billy Donovan, because there are stretches in this game where you had Julian Phillips and Dalen Terry on the court together with Alice Caruso, and the Bulls played some really good defense. Now, you, you could flip out Dalen Terry with Io DeSumo once he's back on the bench, but the Bulls have a really nice mix of talent on that bench. And so Julian Phillips has now this opportunity, theoretically, to keep showing out and proving that, hey, I can play a little bit at this level. I can bring something to this team. And the poise that he has, right, the understanding that he has, the basketball IQ that Julian Phillips has, there's a lot to be said there. And so, I, like I said, I understand the, the reasons why Julian Phillips has been in the G League so much. I understand. it. Uh, he was a player that was a really good shooter coming out of high school. His college coaches changed his shot, his his shot, his actual shooting motion, and it made him a a worse shooter. Now they went back to that high school shooting motion, trying to refine those motor skills. Because I tell you what, if you can turn Julian Phillips, if he can get that three point shot back to what it was, and I'm not saying Julian Phillips is going to be out here raining threes like Steph, but just that ability to hit the three ball consistently with his ability to drive, his length, and his size, he's going to be able to to find a way in the NBA. Right. So that's a really nice skill set to have. I'm not, you know, some Bulls fans now are taking the whoa. Julian Phillips has more potential than Patrick Williams. You know, it is what it is. I get it. We've seen Patrick Williams for a large part. We haven't seen very much of Julian Phillips, but this is a really good opportunity. Uh, Dalen Terry had stretches where he got double-digit minutes for a while there. Maybe it's Julian Phillips' chance, but it's up for Julian to keep showing why he deserves those minutes. That's on Julian. And so hopefully he earned an opportunity now, and then we'll see what Billy Donovan is going to do with him going forward, and hopefully... As a head coach in the NBA, and especially when you're hearing those glowing ways that he talked about Julian Phillips at the end of the day, at the the end of the game that I, that I talked about, hopefully he's given that opportunity. Hopefully he's given that opportunity. Now, I know we were just talking about Julian Phillips. One thing I want to get back to from the game, it's evident. Listen, Nikola Vucevic has to stop shooting three-pointers. He just has to stop shooting three-pointers at some point. Like, Vooch, I get it. You can stretch the floor. That is part of your game. He's averaging 17 and 10 over the course of the season. All really good. But Nikola Vucevic is shooting the three ball 26.6% on the season. That's the lowest rate he's hit three-pointers at since 2000. We're talking almost 10 years since he shot the three ball that bad, and that was 22%. Um, Listen, Vuce, I understand, and this goes back to some of the things of DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic occupying the same areas of where they like to start their offense, but we got to figure out something different. The three-point shot just ain't it for Nikola Vucevic this year. He just hasn't hit it. When you you look at it, 0% last night from three. He took four of them. He was two for three against the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, which is really cool. One for five, one for three, O for three, one for seven, two for five, two for five, O for five, one for three, one for five. On the course of this of the month of January, since the calendar flipped, Nikola Vucevic is shooting the three ball at a putrid 22.9%. 22.9%.
2: Hey, Hayes. How you doing? Mike Corn here. Um, trade idea. Uh, thinking about Drummond, who I really like. Don't want to see the Bulls trade him. But there are teams out there, contenders, who need bigs. And uh, I'm in uh, particularly, or specifically, I'm thinking about uh, the Thunder. Uh, they can definitely use the big, and they get a lot of assets that the Bulls could use, whether it's draft choices, maybe some expiring contracts. And I don't know how the salaries match up and stuff, but I'd be okay if uh, Drummond was traded to OKC. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, Zach Levine, uh, so hard to say, man. Like, what a bad story it's been for him that he helped, uh, you know, uh, right, uh, but I like what you've been saying that the story of the Bulls this year really is Kobe White's play. I'm um, debating whether to stay up to uh, watch the Portland game tonight here on the East Coast, man. It's too late. I did see the game against uh, the Suns. The Bulls played great, man. It was have uh, been awesome to see them win that one. The game against the Lakers, uh, they didn't play like they had a chance. They didn't come in there, uh, playing to win. Uh or they might have, but that was clearly, you know, um, uh, jolted out of them by the you know beginning of the game. Anyways, uh, love the content, man, keep it up. Uh go bulls. He read the back.
1: That's just not good. We gotta figure out a way to either better get him in rhythm and flow, or we gotta find a different outlet other than running Nikola Vucevic at the three point line. We said it. If anything's declining, Nikola Vucevic's three-point shot definitely is. He was never really a volume three-point shooter. We tried to turn him into that. He had one year of being that. That was the year we traded for him with the Orlando Magic. But that's not Vuce's game. And so I know a lot of Bulls fans say, well, can we trade Vuce? We need to move Vuce. You're not getting nothing for Vuce. Vuce is probably going to be here for, for the majority of that contract he signed. And that just is what it is. But we, how we use Vooch needs to be better. And Vooch has to be better as well. Stop settling for those three-point shots. Nobody's guarding you out there, bro. And I know that it's a wide-open shot, and it couldn't look good, couldn't look effortless, and couldn't look flawless. If you hit it, you're not hitting it. It's, it's 22%. 22% on the season. We, we got to stop it. We got to stop it. The month of October, 20% from three. The month of November, 27% from three. Uh, the month of December, 30% from three. He has been a sub- 30% shooter all season long, but the month of December. And that was mid. He was he was basically there. We got to do something about different about Vooch. That three-point shooting, him and Javon Carter just got to stop. They just got to stop. Like, it just, if it, see a three, take a three, no. Don't do it. Don't take it. Don't take it. Give it to somebody else. But, okay, that's my thought process. I wanted to get on that. Kind of forgot about that in the first segment. But let's get into the next one. Billy Donovan recently talked about Zach Levine. And he said this before the game. I haven't talked to him about anything uh, with the rumor piece of it. I would uh, just guess that with him being in the league for 10 years, that these things will kind of happen. My talks would him have been more centered around his frustration with being out. And he also talked about the, the, that there's nothing concerned. Billy Donovan said, I'm more interested when there's things coming to the table with. What do you think about this player? Donovan said of his role in the talks with Zach Levine. So, you know, Billy, it's good to see that even with Zach Levine and part of the reason why this rumored you know, desire to be traded from the Chicago Bulls came about because of his dislike of Billy Donovan, him not trusting Billy Donovan as the coach, him not necessarily liking Billy Donovan's coaching, but to see that they still have that, that coach player relationship where Billy Donovan is talking to him and talking to him about the game and what, how he wants to play when he gets back. But I I commend uh, Billy Donovan's thought process on, listen, just talk to me when people are coming in. We'll deal with it at that point. If we got players coming in and what we need to do with those players, but up until then, I got a I got a basketball team to coach. I can't be in these trade rumors every single day. And that's what you want from your head coach. You don't want a head coach that's constantly involved and ingrained. You you want some separation between church and state there. And hearing that Billy Donovan feels that way, I think it kind of brings together how a lot of Bulls fans right now are feeling about the Zach Levine trade rumors. Just wake me up and tell me when it's done. Just wake me up and tell me when it's done. We'll break down what pieces we do and don't get when it happens, but just wake me up and tell tell me when it's done. That's what I took for Billy Donovan, at least in this. And, you know, overall, as we head closer and closer to the trade deadline, um, which is right around the corner, it's crazy that this time next week, well, not exactly this time next week, but we'll be talking about uh the Chicago Bulls and the trade deadline of next Thursday. So 10 days away, we'll be talking about the Bulls and what they either did or did not do at the trade deadline. And I know a lot of Bulls fans are anxious about this to see what this front office is realistically going to do to try to improve this team, or do with the Zach Levine trade, or both thereof. What what's going to happen with with Demar and and things like that. So, listen, trade deadline is a lot of fun times for like just somebody who loves the NBA because there's a lot of rumors, a lot of things going around, a lot of movement, new teams coming together. It gives a lot to talk about. But I think when you come down to it, it's like, hey, when it, when it comes down to the Bulls, you just show me. What are you going to do? Show me. I, I, we've speculated about everything every which way that we possibly could at this point to show us what this team is going to be so we can learn how to prepare for it in the next round. But all right, we do got one voicemail I want to play for today. This one's for one of my favorite voicemail callers, and that is Michael Korn. Thunder Drum? Listen, I think the Thunder are a team that definitely could be interested in Drum. I thought that the Memphis Grizzlies could be one of those teams as well to get involved on that. Um, But, you know, with with them and the, the amount of injuries that they have, they're clearly, I don't think, really worried at this point about making a playoff run per se. So, you know, it is what it is. But I do think that the Thunder, I think a lot of teams could get in on um on on Andre Drummond. I think the, the Phoenix Suns could make a call eventually if they look to move on from some of those pieces. I think the Dallas Mavericks could for some for some bench depth depth. The thing with Drum that makes his his contract so favorable for a lot of teams is just the fact of like of how, how low it is. It's what, a little over three million dollars, I think, something like that. It's an easily movable contract, extremely easy to move. And so if the Bulls do want to make that that deal, they can now. I, for one, hope Drummond stays here. I hope that we utilize Drummond a little bit better too. But uh, you know, the Bulls are probably listening to all things, all opportunities to really improve this team. If moving Drum does that, then maybe the front office does it. But I think that we're really in store for more of a, a of a keep everything together, another continuity, uh, maybe trade deadline than a lot of us want to admit. So you know, it comes down to that. But outside of that, man, the Bulls and the Suns game and. You know, you say he's staying up late for games. Like it sucks. Like staying up late. Again, as somebody also who's on East Coast time, that 10 30 start time for that Lakers game almost killed me. But we do it because it's a labor of love, man. And when you look at how this team is progressing, there are a lot of signs of some real positivity brewing in this team. We just gotta be we just gotta be consistent, man. We just gotta be consistent in what we're doing, how we're going about things. And, you know, I think that this team, you know, the letdown against a team like the Portland Trailblazers letting them go on a 13-2 like two run to get back in the game, even though they only led for 59 seconds. Like, I just want to see that eliminated for this team. Can we be a team that just can come in and win and do it consistently and have these big days where we just play so much better than the competition that's clearly below us? We don't do that a whole hell of a lot, and I would love to see that be more consistent for the Chicago Bulls as well. But thank you for leaving that voicemail, Michael Corn. Thank you for everyone. Leave those voicemails, man. We're getting closer and closer. It's episode 1,000. That's a 1,000 straight days of Chicago Bulls Central. We're 32 days away now, man. Um, but I love you guys, man. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. Bulls Central Pod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And, like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See Red right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation
0: of the Break Break Media. Break. Media.